Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. So would you eat lab meat? Is it the future in order to save the pigs and chickens? Anna Quinn Mulligan is a Limerick farmer and agricultural journalist. It's a good friend of the show. She's on the line. How are you? Not too bad. I'm out standing in a sunny field looking at my cattle grazing very happily. Good, good. So <laughs> what is your take on factory farming? I mean, I think as Jerry Boland said there, I certainly wouldn't give any particular thought generally to how my sausage got on the plate so that I could eat it. But the way he describes it there is a bit of a worry, isn't it? I think Jerry would probably be um, surprised to hear that I don't disagree with a lot of his points. Um I look at factory farming over in America and I am similarly absolutely horrified and disgusted by what I see. Um, And it would be enough to put anyone off their dinner at any stage. And I would agree as well with Jerry as well that consumers really need to think about where their food is coming from and how cheap their food is and why it is that cheap. But at the same time, like I said, I'm out in my field looking at my cows grazing away. That's predominantly the type of agriculture that you get in Ireland. You don't have factory farmed cattle that's that's not as that's not what what's happening here and also as well i know he's talking about pigs and poultry as well but i'm thinking of the croom free range eggs which is just down the road which are doing a great job down there and i know he mentioned pig farmers as well but it's a it's a tiny bit unfair to kind of go after the pig industry that much because they would say that they have so much red tape. They're nearly an industry that has more red tape than any other sector. And also, they're actually the only agricultural sector in Ireland that don't get any payments as well. They don't get any farm grants. So they're running on very thin margins. So, you know, for Jerry to turn around and kind of accuse them of things um, is, is a little bit unfair. And I would ask him to look kind of the red tape around pig farms. And then I'd also ask the consumer to say, well, you know, if you want a certain type of meat or if you want a different type of meat, you are going to have to step up and pay for it. You know, farmers are only producing what the demand is there for. So it's not just on the farmer. It's but also is he on wrong consumer. on his central contention that a lot of chickens and a lot of pigs live their lives largely indoors, that factory farming is not an unknown phenomenon in Ireland? It's not an unknown phenomenon in Ireland, but the way that he makes it sound in terms of them being crowded in and packed in and kind of almost these inhumane ways. I mean, I just ask him or ask anyone to look up the regulations that are there for pig farmers or are there for chicken farmers that they have to comply with. I mean, some of the chicken farmers that I go out and see, some of the poultry farmers, the sheds that they have, they're nearly multi-million euro affairs in terms of setting them up and making sure that they uh, comply with the stipulations. Um, so there are really intense regulations there, not just at the EU level, but at an Irish government level as well. So that's what I'd ask people to do. You know, they're freely available. Just go and Google them and you'll see how much space all the animals get and everything like that. And I promise you they're inspected because the amount of farmers that I have bringing me up complaining about inspections. Um, and I pro- so I promise that the government is looking at the inspection regime as well. And it is happening. Right. We're chatting to Hannah Quinn Mulligan. Um, I have to say I'm, we're looking up at home to have free-range eggs from two sources that um, I'm also a bit ashamed to say we don't pay for because they're <laughs> connections. But you can, you can definitely taste the difference between them and, and the non-free-range eggs. But the one that always interests me is, what are the criteria for free-range to allow you to put free-range on your packet? 
Yeah, so obviously there's different stipulations there between organic and between free range as well. So I know definitely for the cattle, for organic, there's things like when the cattle are housed over the wintertime, that there has to be a straw lieback area for them. And there's other stipulations as well in terms of if an animal is sick and has to have antibiotics, there's a longer withdrawal period as well. And so if the cow had to, or heifer or whatever had to go to the factory, there it's nearly double the withdrawal time after you give them the, the antibiotics before they can go anywhere. And in terms of organic hens and free-range hens, I wouldn't be as 100% sure of, of it. Uh, organic hens, I think, get access to, uh, you know, to pasture land kind of all the time, nearly a 24-7 affair. And then I think free-range hens, I think it's a certain hour period, so maybe 12 hours a day or something like that, they have to have access to pasture, which is fair enough. At some stage, they have to be locked up to get, keep them away from the fox, uh, right. if, you ask, if you ask me. And, and what is this lab meat? And uh, Have you ever tasted it? <laughs> no, I have never tasted it. I did some research on it. So it's um, available in Singapore. Singapore are selling lab-grown uh, chicken nuggets and they cost, I think it's £12.70 or something like that for a little packet of them. Um, it, look, it's, it's a really interesting argument. And I think Jerry touched upon a point as well that you know, the population is growing and no one's denying that we have climate change issues and that we're going to have to find a source of protein, a cheap source of protein probably for all of these people that are, uh, that are coming or that will, will come. I think there's two points though. Um, a, I mean, we've... I would be very wary of anything that happens in a lab these days, especially after COVID-19, in terms of messing around with animal genetics or animal cells. And, you know, the further that we get away from nature itself, are we actually inviting, uh, inviting, inviting more trouble on our, on our own heads? Uh, that, that would kind of be my worry on that. And then B as well, you know, we talk an awful lot about climate change and that's a really important element of it. But we know that cows emit methane and no one's denying that. But if you look at the technology that actually goes into growing lab-grown meat, is that actually is that actually increasing the amount of CO2 that's in the atmosphere? Because methane is a really powerful gas. It lasts in the atmosphere for about 10 years. But CO2 much, lasts much longer than that. And we've seen this issue as well with electric cars, where people are switching to electric cars. But in order to charge the electric car, how is that energy actually being generated? Because in Ireland, we still have a huge reliance on essentially fossil fuels. So, you know, that, that's kind of the bigger question to look at. And then, of course, there's taste. And um, so I have Herefords out here and they're grazing on clover. They're grazing on a lot of different species of herbs. And it's known and it's been studied that their meat will contain more omega-3 um, and nut- nutrients and that, that kind of thing because of what they're grazing on. Um, like, do we not want to provide our population with the most nutritious form of meat um, available. And that would be another question then. And and Hannah, I mean, your cattle, I mean, you love your cattle. How how do you get your head around the fact that they will come to an untimely end? Yeah, and it's a question that I wrestled with, especially when I was younger as well. I think what you have to do is you, you have to believe in the system. And, you know, when I have cattle to take to the factory, I actually always make a point of taking them myself because... I have to believe that they have a really quick death and it's a really quick process as well. And I know people out there have gone to factories and people haven't gone to factories, but I would say for anyone who's been to a mart and they're really, really noisy places and cattle bawling and stuff like that, if you ever go to a factory, it is similar to a mart in its layout when you're dropping off the cattle, but it is the quietest mart you've ever been to because no one wants to stress the cattle. It's not in anyone's interest in that regard. 
and the death is quick, you know. So I'm not trying to skirt the issue or anything like like that. You know, there are massive challenges out there in terms of raising cattle um, and in terms of climate change. But what we have in Ireland, definitely in regard to cattle, is not factory farming. Um, and I would ask people to, to realise that. Um, and should I be thinking when I'm having my steak... Should I be thinking about the process? Should I be thinking about the fact that an animal died to allow me to eat it? Yeah, you should. And I have no bother saying that because what really annoys me as a farmer is that a third of all food that we um, buy is never actually eaten and it's wasted. You know, that's a devastating statistic. And, you know, food waste is, you know, terrible, especially when we think of how much effort goes into the food, and not just from the animal's point of view, but from the farmer's point of view. Um, consumers do need to do need to think about that, and when they're picking up, you know, their weekly shop or their fortnightly shop, they do need to think about, you know, would I be better off spending a bit more on this steak instead of spending more on this really cheap mince, because I'll definitely eat all of the steak. You know, that kind of thing. So consumers do need to ask themselves some questions as well. Um, and definitely the food waste issue is just huge and that needs to be tackled. Right. And finally, the whole issue of standards. I mean, we saw the Boris and Biden show over the last 24 hours where President Joe of the US was going, oh, when we're worried about this Northern Ireland protocol and Boris sweeps in and goes, oh, so are we, so are we. Oh, well, are you? Okay. So <laughs> you do realise it's in your power along with the European Union to implement what you signed up to or at least come up with some sort of alternative that will work. But um, the whole issue of standards and, you know, where we get our meat in the future, would you be worried about that? Do you think the UK will go in the opposite direction to the EU eventually? Um, I think that a lot of people are similar, are familiar with the ISA and the various farm organisations like the ICMSA in Ireland and they should be aware that the National Farmers Union in England has, is just a strong lobby group um, and that farmers over in England would not be keen and I could see them taking to the streets and protesting in London and other, other major cities in the UK if Boris did do something like that. To reduce standards or bring in meat from yes. other parts of the world that are, you know we can't trace the way we can trace here in Ireland. Yeah. And I, I would say, I think a lot of people have seen the Jeremy Clarkson show as well, and that was a wake-up call as well for Jeremy and for a lot of people who aren't farmers watching it in terms of what farmers in the UK are going to be faced with when they lose out on the common agricultural policy payments as well. And so I think farmers in England feel very under pressure and very threatened at the minute. And if Boris was to do something like that to weaken standards, it would be the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, it's always fun seeing Jeremy Clarkson get a wake-up call, I have to say. <laughs> Listen, thank you very much for all. It's a really interesting debate and it certainly has caused me to think about it in a way that I, I generally wouldn't. And maybe two weeks from now I won't again, but I am thinking about it this morning. And thank you very much for talking to us, Hannah Quinn Mulligan, Limerick farmer and, of course, well-known agricultural journalist too. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.